Hello, my name is Emma and welcome to this episode of Legal Perks Business Breakdown. In this episode, we will be exploring the rise of one of the most influential fast fashion companies, Boohoo. I will take you through the evolution of Boohoo, its global expansion and what Boohoo actually does. I will also consider the notable issues surrounding Boohoo, specifically the human rights and environmental issues related to its production strategy. I will consider its steps moving forward in relation to these issues and whether the increasing attention to sustainability will allow Boohoo to continue to dominate in the future or whether Boohoo's survival and saving the planet is simply a dichotomy which cannot exist in reality. Firstly, on the evolution of Boohoo. Boohoo was founded in 2006 by Carol Kane and Mohammed Kamani. It has evolved from a stall in Manchester with three employees to being a major player in the UK fashion market with a yearly revenue of £857 million. The duo had worked together at a clothes shop called Pinstripe Clothing based in Manchester, which Kamani's father, Abdullah, owned. The story is one of two halves, as the two had very different backgrounds, contributing to their ability to contribute different things. Kamani was the son of a Kenyan immigrant who built a textiles company when he moved to the UK in the 1960s. This was the beginning of their family's entrepreneurial skills, and it is no wonder that his son had such a business mind. Kane, however, is a working-class girl from Manchester who has excellent skills in marketing and sales. This complements Kamani's specialties in business, or more specifically, on how to run supply chains and manage operations. This was therefore a dream team from the outset. This saw that the high street market was bismal and that the high street could not compete with its online rivals such as Amazon and other online fashion websites and marketplaces. Boohoo isn't the only online closed fast fashion retailer, however it was one of the first. As in 2006 when it was founded, the online clothes industry was only mildly established, it wasn't booming in the same way it is now. Boohoo, in cutting costs through a lack of overheads, have managed to undercut the issues that high street retailers have faced and have thus established themselves as a major player in the online market. Another reason why Boohoo have been able to become so established is because of their keeping of operations within the UK, as this means that clothes arrive quickly to UK customers and they can offer next day delivery. The company focuses on producing new styles in small amounts so that they can test the waters so they can increase the production of the product if it does well. This allows them to spend less on input for goods that will not make a reasonable profit on output. Zara have also used this same technique. Another step in the evolution of Boohoo is their growth through acquisition and launching new brands. Some very well-known ones being Pretty Little Thing and Boohoo Men. Boohoo went public in 2014 on the London Stock Exchange with the initial shares costing 50 pence. £135 million of shares were sold off. This decision to go public, it seems, 
was not only in the best interest of the duo, who received large amounts, but also their early investors, who saw their shares increase in value by more than sixfold. The duo recently sold off more shares, however, and this could be indicative of the company either not doing well or being predicted to not do as well. Despite Boohoo reporting monumental growth, they still see themselves as a tiny, small business. Its revenue has reached 579.8 million, increasing tremendously each year. Boohoo hopes to raise its share price by 180% over the next five years and hope to increase their warehousing space to facilitate their reputation of fast orders. The launch of Boohoo into international markets and its move from a single to a multi-brand strategy through acquisitions is what Carol Kane, the CEO, says has boosted recent growth. The multi-brand strategy has led to movement into different types of categories, including menswear, makeup and gifts, along with seasonal jewellery and even home items aimed at young people. The move to international markets has been facilitated by the operation of localised native language sites in France, Germany, Spain and Italy, and sites with local currency in the US and Scandinavia. This has led to growth, as Kane states that currently 40% of sales are from international markets, contributing to their continued success. Issues may arise in the future to do with this as the product orders are still fulfilled in the UK. But there is speculation that overseas warehouses will be developed. The target group of Boohoo is 16 to 30-year-old customers who do not wish to pay high street prices and want value for money, along with the latest trends and styles. An important acquisition by Boohoo was the acquisition of Nasty Gal in 2017. The brand that originated in the US brought an edgier style to Boohoo's more mainstream styles. Boohoo is seemingly trying to work on current issues such as body diversity by including curve, petite and tall categories and extending sizes on Nasty Gal. Boohoo has a vision to be the leading e-commerce company for 16 to 13 year olds outside of the UK as well as they are currently in the UK. For Boohoo, The key to success has been understanding their customers, their lifestyles and their incomes. This has allowed them to understand how important speed and price are to young people, who will often forego quality in favour of this. Their 11pm order cut-off price demonstrates their understanding of the need for speed. Social media has been something very integral to Boohoo's success, as they respond on social media within an hour to customer queries, again evidencing their complete understanding of the youth. This is also facilitated by Boohoo's very young workforce, with 27 being their average worker's age. The young voices help to promote young voices and styles. Their social media influence and use of shows like Love Island for promotion on products, which they then respond swiftly to by upping production, is very important and integral to their mass sales. Boohoo also use influencers to promote their products on social media to successfully reach their target age group, who often idolise these influencers. This focus and use of influencers on social media rather than models 
although they still do this, is indicative of the age group of those they are trying to reach and is also a good strategy as it cuts costs as influencers gain from the advertisement of the products too. Boohoo focus on very trendy outfits which can often be described as dupes of the more expensive trendy fashion, however with lower costs to make. The issue with Boohoo, however, are the allegations against them for potential modern slavery amongst their workers, with reports being released which evidence that Boohoo have engaged in labour abuses, including illegally low wages and lack of unionisation allowed within the workplace. With workers fearing for their jobs if they allow trade unions to get involved on issues such as low wages and bad working conditions. Workers have apparently been instructed to ignore talks with trade unions. The issue of low wages has been shown more and has been aggravated during the COVID-19 pandemic, with furloughed wages being around £3 an hour, which is below half of the national minimum wage. This, This exploitation has come to light and caused problems for the company. A factory in Leicester, where many allegations began and this worrying lack of worker protection had become a large issue for unions and workers, reveals the dark side of up-and-coming fast fashion businesses with connotations of modern slavery tainting the names of the companies and giving them a bad reputation. With speed as their main USP, it is no wonder that there is lots of pressure on workers. However, this coupled with the notoriously low pay seems to be a recipe for disaster. With workers earning £4 an hour and £3 if they are slow, it's no wonder the allegations come up as this illegality is a true exploitation of a vulnerable workforce. It is also a shameful dichotomy to the millions the founders now earn. These issues have come up in line especially with COVID and the lack of furlough protection and therefore it is very uncertain what will happen in the future to Boohoo a company struggling under the weight of international giants like Amazon, yet a company which is very fruitful in its enterprise. However, in a world more increasingly concerned with sustainability and human rights, it seems that a company which prompts neither will not last very long. However, on the economic side, they seem to be doing very successfully, so it is hard to predict. We shall have to wait and see what the future of Boohoo turns out to be in line with policy changes and current social issues. Currently, Kamani is focusing on the day-to-day running of the business and Kane leads the product and creative vision along with the multi-brand strategy of Boohoo. They have a new CEO lined up who is forecast to take the business to the next level based on their past experience. They have a £3 billion annual sales target, which will grow by 25% every year, evidencing their big plans for the future. I hope that this breakdown will allow you enough background on Boohoo to follow any news related to it, and I think it's been interesting to hear the breakdown on this company. Thank you for joining me this week for the Legal Perk Business Breakdown. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown of Boohoo, and I hope you can join us next week for our Tech Tuesday.